Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. You gotta pay a little price. If you want it bad enough, you gotta do a little extra things to get it. Welcome to the 11 Personnel Podcast, your favorite Rams podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Rodriguez, and with me, as always, my fabulous co host, Rich Hammond Rich. How are we doing? Jordan, it's good to be back. I, I know uh, you got a little bit of time away. I said I was going to do a podcast without you, and then. You know, life happens, right? <laughs> I think everybody understands that. Uh, but it's great to be back. Uh, we've got some stuff to talk about. We've got the Super Bowl coming up. How has it it's been crazy. here? I know. Jordan, <clears throat> it's I know crazy. You, you, I know you process this at a totally different speed than I do. But can you believe that? I mean, it, it's been now actually a couple of days more than a year ago. Uh, since you were in SoFi Stadium covering the Super Bowl. And uh, I know what experience that was for you. And and a lot has happened over the last 12 months. Yeah, the I keep flashing back to, I mean, it was all such a whirlwind. It was so incredible, right? Like what an amazing experience. But I keep flashing back to um, the day after and then it was after like Sean McVay was in like some sort of zombified state at his morning press conference, which is so cruel that the NFL has those oh, press conferences at seven in the morning after right. the Super Bowl. It's insane to me. And um, I had gone back to the team hotel or the um, the like where all the media were staying. And I had sat in the lobby with about a gallon of coffee and written my follow up, um, which kind of took people through what the after party was and that was wild um yeah i saw uh prince harry there that was insane (laughs) Um, there was just like a lot of a lot of things right so i was kind of going back through that and like rereading and just like sort of reliving some of the memories which is it's again it's crazy and it goes by so fast it happens and it's over and then nobody cares anymore i mean people care but like the league keeps churning and but right. I kept thinking back because it was such a from about January of 2021 when they traded for Matthew Stafford to all the way through the next February, mid-February when they won the Super Bowl. It was an all out frenetic, high stress, high anxiety um, day every day, day in and day out sprint. Yeah. And that's what Les Snead always would say. Wake up sprinting. Don't be scared. And I, so I keep flashing back to my drive home after spending like almost a week and a half at that hotel in downtown LA. And, um, I was sitting in my car in traffic going through Hollywood, of course. Mm -hmm. And I just started, like, I felt myself sinking lower and lower and lower and closer and closer (laughs) to the steering wheel. And I was like, what's physically happening to me right now? (laughs) And it was like that feeling of, of, um, I don't even know what I would call it dread almost. We, it's kind of like, what, what happens now? What do I do now? What is, you know, what does life look like now? And I'm sitting here now, of course, with the benefit of hindsight. Now we've seen the 2022 season and what happened to the Rams. And I'm like, (laughs) 
if that happened to the person who writes about them, <laughs> imagine what was happening to the people who are actually doing this shit. Right, right. right? So I was yeah. like, okay, I, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm very empathetic to the extended crash. And then their celebration went on. I mean, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm a journalist. I don't do any of the celebration stuff. The after party was fun as hell, but like, I don't do any of the celebration stuff. And their celebrations went on and on and on. And then, so when do you crash from that? And kind of like the extended crash of, of what that Super Bowl season was, I, I will be honest. I, I mean, physically I could, this year it happened. It was something I couldn't control. The effects of that hit me like a ton of bricks. And, yeah. um, in a, in a way that was like a pretty much a big wake up call, frankly. And so now I, and so I, I'm empathetic to kind of, it, it brings you perspective of like a very small piece of what a whole collective of people yeah. are probably going through. And then I think about people who went to other teams who did experience it and then maybe then went to other teams or had different, you know, like Odell doing the rehab or like, whatever. And then I think about what they must've been going through, because at least when you're going back into the same building every day, everyone else is going through the same stuff. Like you, you can, you know, commiserate together and like lean on people who are going through what you're going through. Right. And I don't know, there's a whole, it's a whole um, complex dynamic. And and this week has definitely brought back a lot of those memories, a lot of those yeah. feelings and a lot of that consideration, I think of, you know, it, it's, it's very, very difficult to fully and significantly recover from that experience for the mm -hmm. best reasons. But it, it's just it's it's crazy to think about it. It makes everything make so much more sense. The yeah. more the more distance you get from that time. Yeah, no, that's, that's such a great way to put it. And yeah, the NFL is just even so unique in that uh you just i mean you just said it never stops turning i mean you win the super bowl and they're not going to pause the combine for you they're not going to say oh you won the you won the super bowl oh, okay we'll slow down the combine for you we'll slow down the draft process we'll slow down free agency nope your your wheel does not stop spinning even though you are in a an entirely different place mentally and uh, you know you've you, what's what's the thing about you know the dog that caught the car and then it's like well what do you do now like you've caught the car like yeah. you're here you've achieved your your goal but yet it doesn't stop it, it keeps going and to, to have to process that in real time i can't imagine uh what that's like for for people in the organization and and jordan i don't want to I, I didn't intend for this to be a, a commercial or a teaser but like i know you're working on some stuff yeah. uh i'm not going to spoil it <laughs> i was I'm gonna not say gonna i say... did not actually have time off rich i've been no, working of on course stuff you didn't. but yeah no 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 you, i know you <laughs> yeah. took uh, yeah it was actually happy belated birthday for one thing Thank uh you. I, I know that that uh, I don't I don't know whether that got enough attention uh, as it deserved online, but uh, I hope you were able to enjoy uh, that day. But, uh, but yeah, I, I didn't intend this to be a, a teaser or anything. But I, I know you're working on some stuff, and I'm not going to say exactly what it is or what the what the angle is. But uh, it, it's going to peel back even even more of this stuff that we're talking about and and put it in that context a year later, and also kind of put it in some context of of what it means for the future. And uh, yeah. I'm very excited about that. And uh, I, I don't want to uh, put any more pressure or anything else on top of that, but uh, but it, you you've told me a little bit of of what you've got and what you're doing, and I'm super super excited uh, to to hear what's coming. So thank you. But and in you, the meantime, yeah, yeah. we just got the Rams continuing to solidify their <laughs> offensive staff, and right. you know I I uh, appreciate you know all the questions too and interaction with like well who are they interviewing and all this stuff. So the Rams they don't. They go, especially after Sean McVay's staff has started to get poached as much as it has, they've started to go so much deeper under the radar with even who they're bringing in for interviews, like to the point where, you know, oftentimes when you hear about people interviewing with teams, the agent is the one leaking that information. But this is to the point now where they're having to take certain measures to not put out or like not have it known who they're interviewing to the point where now even the agents are sort of, I don't say, I wouldn't say directed, but I would say right. it's very surprising to see any of it leak. The, the right, Mike LaFleur right. stuff was um, sort of like uh, that information that I got in mid January was sort of all in a um, like sort of a word vomit situation <laughs> that mm -hmm. was happening. Mm -hmm. So 
that was not even. And so that was like the rare instance of that was the you knew the direction and and that's it. But like the with the offensive line coach, for example, like they've been interviewing candidates and some significant NFL names as well that they might, you know, at a certain point have to be a little bit more creative with due to, you know, personal circumstances and, and, you know, what the layout of their staff is going to look like and some of those types of things. And then they're also on, obviously on the other side, waiting for the Indianapolis Colts to at some point make their decision <laughs> on who they're hiring for their head coach, Raheem Morris being a yeah. finalist for that. But the point being is, you know, I, I get, and I, I, the people who probably are asking the most questions are not maybe not listening to this podcast, but the point is it's very interesting the process, how quiet the process is so kept rel- relative to other teams like you're seeing with the Colts or you're seeing with um, the Panthers who are kind of like, look mm-hmm. who we're getting and all mm-hmm. this stuff. When it's the Rams, it's like, okay, it's sort of like what we've seen happen to them in free agency. It's like if the, if it becomes known who they're targeting, that person, they better si- they better sign that person in because right. they're going to get other phone calls. Right. Um, so that that's very interesting, a very interesting part of like kind of where they're at as a franchise at this point. Yeah, you know? it reminds me not that I ever did this, Jordan. So, you know, I, I'm, of course, talking about other people, but it reminds me of being in school and you had the one friend who you knew did the homework. You know, you knew you knew did the reading and you're like, hey, uh, what can I can I take a look at that real quick? You yeah. know, and uh, I feel like that's kind of what's going on with the Rams or at least how they kind of perceive it. It's like, hey, we don't want people to know who we're interviewing here yeah. because then their phone's going to start lighting up. And the other thing is they don't officially lock. They they usually officially lock everyone in at once. Mike being a little bit of a different situation because he was, you know, already out of a job in, in New York. Right. But they usually lock everyone in at once. So if they don't keep it quiet enough <laughs> when during the time leading up to it and they're not officially formally signed altogether um, and filed over to the league together, then anything could happen. We've seen it happen before. We saw Vic Fangio uh, take his time after that was leaked um, that he was um, sign- uh, signing a deal with the with the dolphins, he even got on the phone and was like, Hey, <laughs> I'm actually haven't right. decided yet. You know, these things, none of this stuff is official until so, but what I can say is that, um, you know, it's, you make that decision as a responsible person to sort of sit on something until it's officially official because you know of what the league dynamics are and how, people could swoop in at the last minute and also how certain um, adjustments they're making on, you know, on the offensive side and the way that they're sort of designing out their staff um, they're having, and whether it ends up this way or not, I don't know. We'll see, but you know, they'll have some creative discussions about various consultants and various people who um, would possibly weigh in on, on different things. And Sean McVay has sort of been, vocal about um feeling stuck and like wanting to i mean previous to the end of the season feeling stuck and and wanting to problem solve in different ways and it was very clear when he moved on from some of his assistants that he needed more ideas he needed new people coming in and and he's sort of always done that when he's gone out and hired coaches um but i think he i think they're thinking about ways to not be stuck anymore and to keep moving this thing forward and that's to say too and Mike LaFleur let this slip a little bit uh, yesterday. Today's Tuesday, uh, today's Wednesday when we're recording this. But Tuesday, he had his virtual press conference with a couple of Los Angeles reporters, myself included. And he sort of let it slip. Like next week is the week that they'll all really start digging into the roster. So I would expect, mm. you know, by the time you listen to this, they could have news. Um, we're right. recording uh, Wednesday morning before noon. And um on that note, though, like next week is the week that they'll all really start digging into the roster. So if you haven't heard of news by now, you probably will soon. Um, I think they're tying up some loose ends. And then they, I think, really hope that the Indianapolis Colts have come up with some sort of <laughs> some sort of answer as they enter week five of their coaching, their head coaching surge.
I mean, my goodness, like pick a lane already, guys, really like, <laughs> but and obviously you mentioned it. Jordan Raheem Morris is in the, is in the mix there still. He's considered a finalist. I guess it would be fair to say. Um, so we don't know what's going to happen there. And and there's a little bit of, uh, and I'm not saying anybody's complaining about this, but a little bit of hand tying there to see what's going to happen. Obviously, obviously, if they lose Raheem Morris, if the Rams do, it changes the entire complexion of, of things, of the staff, who you're going to bring in, what and I'm not just talking about the defensive coordinator. I'm talking about, uh, you know, down the down the chain, down the line there. So that's, that's yeah, a big because thing. people yeah. would leave with him. I would sure. assume. like, yeah, the thing that the thing that people don't understand about this situation that they need to. And again, the people who are maybe the most vocal in yes. their uh, re- repeated sort of criticism of this one person is like there are people on the coaching staff that would go with him. There are players who would want to go with him. There are people on the training staff who would want to go with him. There are people in the front office who would want to go with him. There are people on the support staffs and the various every inch of the building. There are people who would want to go with him. And it's not to say that they don't like where they're at. It's just to say that is who Raheem Morris is inside the building. And it's not something that fans are privy to every single day. I understand that. But it is something to reiterate here. It's important variable here. It does have a massive implication on the building if they cannot keep him in the role that he's in. And, you know, I think they would have been more prepared for this had he gotten the fair looks at DC that he should have gotten after the Super Bowl season. Mm. Um, and they would have been more prepared to restructure their defensive staff. But now, not only, you know, the, there are still people who could come in and, and coordinate a good defense for this team, but it does, it it has a significant ripple effect on every part of the building. I mean, the Rams were lucky when all Kevin O'Connell took was Wes Phillips and Tyler Williams and still a significant loss. Sure. And that's, and that's, you know, and, and so I I just, I I just want to say like, you know, I get, being frustrated about where the defense was, the defense did not play up to where it needs to be. It did not look like the version of what it needs to be. It did not do all of the things that we know that this scheme is supposed to do. And for all the reasons that we've outlined in, oh my God, at this point, millions of words, whether or not that's being heard, fine. But (laughs) like, okay, there's some significant ripple effects on the rest of the ecosystem of the organization, including the head coach as well, by the way. And the culture right. within that building and how that staff, who people on that staff gravitate to and who people within the building gravitate to and seek advice from, like there's a significant ripple effect if they lose him. And so they do. And that's the thing. I get the hand wringing. Like I'm, you know, as a journalist, you know, I don't join in on that stuff, but it's like I completely understand where fans are coming from, where they're like, OK, Colts, like, let's make a decision here, guys, because, you know, they've kind of got the Rams caught between a rock and a hard place here. Yeah. And it ties back into a lot of these things that we're talking about. I mean, you start the even, you know, player evaluation, which guys do you want to bring back? Which ones, uh, you know, might you have to cut loose? How does that, how do those guys factor into the scheme that you might end up playing if you have to change coordinators? Draft evaluation going on. Who are you targeting? What positions are you going to value? Um, and and I know, like, and I'm not saying also that the Rams don't have secondary plans here. I mean, we've talked about that on recent episodes where it, they they have some ideas here. If Raheem, if Raheem were to move on, you know, who might fill that role? What would we do? It's not going to start from square one. But to your point, Jordan, it's still a significant uh, adjustment that would have to take place. And they wouldn't get their top choice either because a Jiro uh, Evero would have yeah. been their top choice to fill that position. And that was something that had been discussed. So, you know, and he is going to be the defensive coordinator in Carolina now. And so I think that that's something where, um, yes, there's always multiple plans, but the top choice would mm-hmm. have been somebody who, um, who also, by the way, was a finalist for the the Colts job, but maybe had heard some things about the way the direction it was going and all of these conversations that are going on behind the scenes and takes the Carolina job and probably is handed, well, reportedly is handed a significant bag of money to do so, which good for him. <laughs> and so now again, that changes up the entire thing because the Rams, they weren't considering a a wholesale scheme change. And if you consider a wholesale scheme change, you have to speed up 
the overhaul of your roster, maybe in ways that you weren't going to do that in 2023. Whether that stays the same 2024 through 26, I don't know. But this right. is a scheme that, you know, Sean McVay is is enamored with. It's something that is when it's done right, as we've seen, again, we've seen proof, uh, more proof of it being great than not, by the way, um, from a variety of different coaches who have run it. Um, and, and when it works in the league, it really, really works as a Jero Evero has proved and Brandon Staley that last month that he actually took back over and called the defense and all these types of things. We've seen that this is the dominant defensive strain that's happening right now and evolving forward in different ways and different mechanisms. And Vic Fangio is now back in the league. So everyone's going to get to pull off his page once again, like after they see what he does in Miami and so, and, and McVay, Sean McVay is like pretty enamored with it. And especially in, in terms of curbing passing attacks and making sure it sets the table for the offense and those types of things. And so it's not like they were planning on starting from total scratch this year. I mean, even if they lost Raheem, they wanted to get someone in who could move this scheme in the system forward. Mm-hmm. Um, if Raheem stays, there are going to be some reinforcements on his staff, um, you, you can go read my articles back to mid-January, um, some of the names that have been connected to the Rams. Um, and so I think that, you know, you can you can see where some of the um the developing processes with these assistant coaches maybe is going to be overhauled and, and needs to be moved forward um in terms of the young players that they're getting. And I think like it's just the the waiting i think is what's fairly and rightfully i think driving fans crazy and certainly is um sort of keeping at least one phase of what the rams can do in limbo right now yeah yeah and uh, the, those are significant things cuz there's like you said there's a lot of dominoes that 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 fall there it's not just one coach it, it goes down to your whole staff and your whole roster at some point so um colts come on man make a move to do what you need to do and what the rest of us over there the rest of us need to move on with our lives so uh pick a name out of a hat whatever whatever it is you need to do uh go for yeah i mean it's a big decision so uh they're obviously doing their diligence and uh we'll, we'll see what happens but i mean uh, there's diligence and then there's just like <laughs> you know yeah like there's what, a lot of words <laughs> like what are you gonna learn i mean yeah i'm not even gonna right. go there like what are you gonna learn that you haven't learned all- i mean yeah i know i don't I know. work smarter yeah, not Long. It's a complicated <laughs> organization, that's for sure. Um, so th- let, let's pivot back a little bit, Jordan, because the one thing we do know, at least, is that Mike LaFleur is the, the new offensive coordinator. And, of course, you were uh, you had been reporting on that for quite some time, that he was in the person that they were looking at and that that could get done. And, and it did officially now. He's been announced. He's been introduced, as you said, uh, to, to uh, you beat reporters the other day. And, uh, you know, those introductory news conferences always a little, little bit you know the guy's just been hired you know he probably hasn't had a lot of time to sit down and go through meetings and things like that but uh, just curious jordan and by the way if anybody uh, didn't catch up on that jordan has a story um, on the athletic app website right now that you can check out that recaps all the highlights and and uh, insights into into uh, how that went down yesterday on, on tuesday but um you know jordan one thing we heard uh which is you know something that you've uh, again reported and reiterated throughout is that uh, at this time there's no plans for for Sean McVay to hand over play calling duties, anything like that. Uh, Mike LaFleur said he he seems comfortable with that. Uh, my question, Jordan, is what it's, it's, a, it's a very large question, so I apologize for that. But in an ideal situation, what can Mike LaFleur do here? Like if, if we look back a year from now and we say that worked. Michael LaFleur had a positive impact on this offense, on this team, on Sean McVay. I guess I'm asking you specifically for your opinion, but if we're able to look back and say that a year from now, what does that mean? What what does that look like? Yeah, like, yeah, it's a big question. Um, well, it, for, for starters, it's not going to be play calling unless something dramatically changes from the time I'm speaking to, you know, September. Um that's something that um, Mike LaFleur seemed comfortable with not having to do, not not doing as a, as a part of this staff. He brought up his time with Kyle Shanahan and he didn't, um, you know, he didn't do 
that when he was with Kyle and um, on the micro, I think what they're looking at is more cohesiveness between some of the foundational concepts of run and pass within this system. You know, the Rams, uh, since they lost Todd Gurley, essentially, or they lost a healthy version of Todd Gurley, they've had trouble um, really, truly blending the run in the past. And I think you have to look at a variety of factors for that, including personnel and injuries and um, moving to a two-back set with two running backs that you know, couldn't stay healthy. And then they started to promote cam into the lead back at the end of that year. And then, um, you know, he got hurt and then they sort of starting from scratch with Daryl and Sony and trying to figure out, um, you know, how much of a pitch count Daryl would need to be on and those types of things. And, and that contributed to so much of what went, has gone wrong. Um, this last year, you really saw when, um, you know, Thomas Brown took back over the run game. Um, you really saw it start to mature and manifest into what it's supposed to look like for the Rams. And you also saw that with the quarterback when the quarterback had to be more dependent on the run because Baker Mayfield is not the type of quarterback that can make every throw um, in, in terms of that pure drop back arm angle stuff like you sort of then become more dependent on the play action. Well, even though analytically speaking, you don't necessarily need to have an outlier run game to establish play action. It certainly helps to have a consistent run game in order to establish a significant play action passing game. And so because Baker Mayfield needed that play action, um, then they needed to really dive and, and, and invest more into what they were doing in the run game. And so basically I think, having those focus points um not just for the run game and and the the people who are designing and organizing that but also having it more collaborative and cohesive with the pass game and that can come to that can be the way that they communicate the way that they structure meetings the um type of collaboration between the offensive uh, coordinator and the running backs coach, um, the type of things that happen, you know, outside of the passing designs. And I think you also see it. You, you, you want to make sure too, that there's consistent attention paid to are you know, are we leaning too much on this quarterback's arm? Um, is the quarterback wanting to lean too much on his arm? Is the quarterback wanting to do more of this? How can we make sure that uh, we're doing the A-plus things that the quarterback is an A-plus player at doing, but also investing enough time and calls and actual in-game situations um, during the course of a play call, through, you know, through the course of a call sheet for a game. How can we make sure we're also investing enough time in patience, in truly marrying the run in the past, despite maybe what the quarterback wants or maybe what the head coach wants? Because I think we know that Sean McVay can be an impatient play caller as well. Um, so I think all of that to say it's a little bit complicated, um, but what I think it's no small task for Michael LaFleur to not only become aware and, and understand how inconsistent and maybe not cohesive those dynamics have been over the last couple of years. Um, and I think part of that is, a lack, maybe a lack of communication and maybe a little bit of doing maybe what they wanted to do. They wanted to push the passing game forward. And so they did, but then they left behind their run game in the process, right? We saw the rubber band effect in 2021 when they won the Super Bowl, when they kicked the doors down with a drop back passing game, despite us not really knowing whether they had a run game at that point, because, you know, Cam was hurt and we, you know, Daryl was on a pitch count the whole year and it's Sony and, and you just didn't know. And then once the pass game stopped working because teams adjusted and Matthew Stafford's elbow started flaring up, then they completely pivoted into a heavy set downhill run game. And that was a rubber band effect. Well, how about you start a year where you have both options available to you? And you don't worry about what happens if one of them shits the bed. So yeah. I think that's kind of what, like I said, it's a big question. So it's a big answer. This yeah. is like the big thing for Mike LaFleur is 
understanding those dynamics and really being self-aware about what that is. And for, also for Sean McVay, being self-aware of what that is and really understanding how you can quite literally marry these rooms and these spaces together internally so that it manifests outside on the field. I don't know if that's going to happen that way, but I would right. say that if if um, if Mike LaFleur can't do that or doesn't have a significant voice in doing that, you will see it because this is a, a you know, a hard on its sleeve football team. You, I say that all the time. Like you can literally see what's going on with them internally by looking at the product on the field. And so if you see that lack of cohesion or maybe impatience in certain um, elements of the the run or the pass that they do, um, then you can, you can absolutely be sure that those conversations aren't col- as collaborative as they need to be internally. Mm. So I think that that's where Mike LaFleur has a big responsibility. Um, and also I think, what the when the Rams have been at their best, they've been at the front of stuff, like pushing the game into new directions, whether they're whether as an organization, whether as a football team on the field, pushing things forward, moving the conversation forward, um, and and other teams maybe having to catch them. And um, I think that's kind of what they are wanting to do, get back to is forcing their own catalysts in that way. Now, with Mike specifically, I I don't know what that looks like um, because when we talked to him yesterday, it was sort of, it just felt very like uh, tenants of the offense that sort of are known at this point. Mm-hmm. And so I think as he gets more settled in and we start to see more of his personality and I hope his personality do- does emerge and we start to understand like what his core tenants are of as a coach, as a teacher, like what his you know, what types of things, um, like what type of ingenuity does he prefer? Like where, like I was asking him yesterday, like, where do you get your ideas from? What is like, kind of like what inspires you and all this stuff. And, um, at some point I hope we get a sort of non, uh, prepared answer because I think that, that that's why Sean hired him was so that, you know, to, to give this place and give Sean a little bit of a spark that clearly Sean thinks is there. Um, and I'm interested to see how that truly manifests and, un- and unfolds. Yeah. And you hit on something, Jordan, that's interesting to me, too. Obviously, uh, oh, actually, I don't know if it's obvious, but yesterday, Tuesday, uh, Mike LaFleur was the only one who spoke, which is common for these types of things. It's not I'm not being critical, but at some point, Sean McVay will talk also. I don't know at what point that will be. I don't remember the rhythm of the offseason, but at some point he'll talk. And and the answers that I'll be interested to uh, to read to hear is, you know, what does he think? What like how does he plan to utilize Michael Lafleur? What what is he uh, when when he decided to bring him in? What was it that he valued? What is it that he's going to lean on in in these ways? So, I mean, it's one thing to to ask Michael Lafleur those questions, and I I think they're good questions, and it's interesting to hear what he says about philosophy and about you know offense and all of, all of that. But uh, to me, almost the the bigger question or the more interesting questions are going to be to Sean in terms of like, well, why you know what what are you what are you hoping to accomplish here basically, and and how do you think that that Mike is is going to help you um, accomplish that? So, um, will will it be different? What, will he rely on his offensive coordinator in different ways, in bigger ways? Uh, I mean, those are the things that I'm going to be interested in. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. What I think I would like to see, just as someone who sort of studied the dynamics of the structure of that building and all the stuff, is what I think I would like to see is um, somebody who actively takes it upon themselves to open up more of the conversations with the staff as a whole, instead of separate conversations happening about this is how we're going to design the pass game. This is what run calls we want, you know, with input from the running backs coach. I think what I would like to see, and I think would be, uh, would make them a better football team in general. And I think would give Sean McVay the, the spark that he is wanting um, is 
a lot more of that two-way communication between um, run and pass game because all of these buildings in the NFL, um, they say that they want to marry the run and the pass. All of these Shanahan systems, they say they want to marry the run and the pass. But the only buildings that I kind of had known about actually doing it in a way that's like structurally functional and not just like on the field with what's the words are on the call sheet um, right. is between Kyle Shanahan and Mike McDaniel. And that was like a very, um, I need Mike McDaniel's ideas and um, you know, how do we use this to set up this? How do we, tweak this to set up this? How do we kind of do all these things? But the run in the past, I mean, you know, I know this is like, and fairly rightfully, so this is going to be an anti 49ers crowd listening to this podcast. <laughs> Definitely get it. Not, not trying to be uh, effusive in any praise or anything right. like that, but right. you have to admit the run in the past and the way that, that the quarterback has to basically do nothing <laughs> to, to, you know, have a effective downfield game, like in terms of, of what the run in the past did, you could see quite literally, you could see that collaboration and, and two-way communication. And I think in so many buildings in college and the NFL, the run game is so separate from the rest of the offense because it is such a huge role. It is such a huge job to, basically be the head coach of a specific facet of that game, a specific facet of the the offense in general that requires so much. It's not just um, the calls of the offense as a whole, but also blocking assignments and also the responsibilities, all the different types of, of layers that get input there. And so it's basically like head coaching an entire like miniature org in that space. And so I think it's, to me, I, uh, a consistent mistake that places make to have that be so separate and function as its own entity outside of like the, the talking about play design and talking about passing game and those types of things. Like, I think all of that can be so much more functional as a collaborative approach. And that truly would be marrying the run of the path. Like, hi, we're sitting yeah. next to each other in this meeting. Like, we're literally run marrying the run of the past. And I think that would be um, something where I would hope that because it sounds like Mike LaFleur's seen that firsthand, what happens when it works and what happens when it's functional. And so I would hope that that's something that he brings into this, into this space. Um, we'll see, but um, that's something that I would, I would hope for the entire staff and, and for the offense and for everyone's, I think sort of, um, continued mental well-being, frankly. <laughs> <laughs> Jordan, we're going to need one of our talented uh, listeners, our creative listeners, to come up with some kind of meme or graphic about marrying the run in the past. Like we're going to need them. Like, well, it's at, the meme the of altar. Sisyphus and the and the boulder. Like, <laughs> in for this, some teams, yeah. it is. Yeah. For some teams, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, great, great stuff, Jordan. Yeah, and, and I totally agree. And a lot of that stuff is is going to happen. I mean, we're, we're going to see the fruit of it eventually or not see the fruit of it, I guess, depending on how things go. But, uh, you know, so much of that is going to be taking place behind closed doors. You're, you're not going to see it probably happen, play out in real time. Uh, but but hopefully if you're the Rams, if you're a Rams fan, hopefully you see the fruit of that uh, start to develop in in the fall and, and you see that uh, transformation start to take place. I, I agree, Jordan. It's been you can uh my, my gosh we could spend hours going back to the you know the, the the downfall of the of the Todd Gurley era and how that changed things and and how things how they tried to change things how they succeeded how they failed I mean that that to me as you indicated Jordan a, a big pivot point uh, I, I think it's fair to say that much. You can you can then get off into a lot of arguments about you know who did what and who was to blame and what they tried and what they didn't try. But but to me that's the big pivot point um, in in the um, in the offense. And so if if they can if they can get back to a little bit more of that, whatever form that takes, whatever personnel that involves, uh, then I think that's probably the best thing from the Rams' perspective that that could come of this. So uh, very very interesting. The hire makes sense. Uh, you certainly, given what the the backgrounds are and and the personalities and and you know the the history and all that, it it certainly makes sense. So I, I think when when a hire is made, that's the best you, thing you can say. Uh, and then you know we'll see the fruit of it. We'll see what happens over the next uh, few months here. So yeah, we'll see how it goes. Um, Sean McVay definitely has a type of um, coordinator that he 
goes after. So, um, we'll, we'll definitely see how it goes. And, and, um, yeah, I think it's, it must be such a whirlwind, um, trying to finalize that staff. You, I think you would have hoped if you were them to have everything done, um, maybe a little bit sooner, but again, the, the things with Indianapolis, um, have sort of complicated things a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see how that goes. Like I, you, Jordan, you pointed out, I'm not trying to repeat anything, but for anybody who might've missed it or not, not have heard, like they'll probably, and, and like you had, uh, I'll, t- I'll tease it. You had one tidbit in your, in your column yesterday about a hire that, uh, that the, that the Rams are, are going to make. And, and some of these things will come out, but, uh, again, so fluid and things can change. Guys can leave. You know, there's a lot that can happen here. Over yeah. The next, I mean, uh, we saw weeks. it like last year. Yeah. That's what I was saying. It's like, you gotta be real careful with this stuff. And like, my role is as a reporter and not necessarily a, you know, a high profile insider or anything like that. Um, and so for me, it's like, you got to report what's real and, and if something's not real yet, and it's not right. something that you should report. Um, so, but it, it's interesting because we, we saw it this last year, we saw Jake Peets was like going to Nebraska for sure. And then, oh wait, no, he's not. Right. And then we saw and it was it, this ended up being real, obviously. But then it was like Liam Cohen's decided he's going to Kentucky like a month before it actually happened. But it was like then Liam is like, actually, no, I haven't told them anything. I haven't signed anything. So at that point, it gets really dangerous to. Yeah, that's anyway, that's the whole. Messiness. Yeah, no, it's this whole can, time of year is very messy. So. Yeah, things can be true at the time, but you have to remember that in the context too. things can change in life. So um, and I understand, especially, you know, in this era of social media or whatever, have you, you put something out there and then people will will jump on you if things change. And, and the thing that you accurately reported at the time ends up changing later on so uh, there's that that's why that's what makes jordan such a responsible reporter for one thing is that uh there's no there's no harm in in waiting to see how these things play out and and i know what the information that's in jordan's head if we could if we could do a a, a mind belt or something and get some of that out of there i know fans would would love that but it's all going to pre- be presented in in the right way and in a responsible way so that it'll it'll come and out in, in time and, <laughs> oh, I hear you. I hear you. Um, so uh, stay tuned for all of that. Hey, before we go, Jordan, we're we're not big on predictions here. We've never been, and I'm a terrible predictor anyway. Uh, but uh, you, you know, football is as uh, well as anybody that I know, if not more. Uh, any Super Bowl thoughts? I, I think it's going to be an interesting game. Like I'm, I'm excited for it uh, with the with the styles here. But I mean, what do you think? Do you do you have something you know firmly in mind? Yeah, I'm excited to watch it. First of all, uh, like I said, it's been a really fun um, last couple of weeks. Like we talked about before, it's like getting to watch the games with no responsibilities and no, you know, don't have to take notes or anything. And and like, it's not to say that I don't like being there. I It's like the best job in the world. I love it so much. But like to just sit there and like absorb how awesome some of this football we've seen over the last couple of weeks has been, has been really, really outstanding. I'm taking the Eagles. I mean, I freaking love how loose they're playing. I love Mm. how they've rallied around Jalen hurts. I love Jalen Hurts's story. I love how the head coach is like starting to like physically embody the city that he's in. I mean, I love all of that. It is so cool when that type of that type of thing happens and it's so cool to see um this team and i think the rams should be looking at the eagles very closely they've got a lot of connections with the front office there they've got friendships with the front office there and i think the rams should be looking at you know the types of of things that happened over the last 5 years with the eagles you know two super bowls what is it two two and five rich uh, I, yeah, I think so. Yeah, and I 20. think that the Rams should be kind of looking at the way that the Eagles thought outside the box. And, you know, that is not to discount the Chiefs at all. Patrick Mahomes is magic. He's historic. He's the best player in the NFL, um, certainly the best quarterback. And I think it's it's so it, he, everything he does is so much fun. I love the way Andy Reid thinks about collaboration and design and how nothing's impossible when they open up their offensive playbook. Like, I just love that. I think that's so cool. It's probably so healthy as well. And, but at the same time, like, I just, I love the energy that the Eagles are bringing 
I love that offensive line. It's a work of art, the way that they play and the way that they play together. Um, some of the concepts that they do, the way that they sell out totally for each other. Um, I just, I, I, I have to pick the Eagles. I think they're so much fun. I think they're what football is. Um, I think they're what modern football is. I think they're what old school football is. I think they're so balanced. Um, they're so much fun. The defense is fun as hell to watch. Another offshoot of the uh, Vic Fangio, Brandon Staley system that Jonathan Gannon is running. Um, like, I just love the energy that they have. It's it's very, very fun. An example of what can happen with a successful pass rush with this defense, mm-hmm. by the way, just saying. Yeah, yeah. And I just think that, um, yeah, I just love everything about them right now. So I, I think I'm going to, yeah, I'm absolutely going for the Eagles. And, you yeah. know. We did say some nice things about San Francisco earlier. So I think Rams fans, you can forgive me for because it was pretty awesome to how much fun the Eagles have been having through this entire ride here. Oh, yeah. Really been enjoying watching them. Yeah. For me, it's been really a, a kind of a head versus heart thing. Like I, I feel a lot of the same sentiments that you do about the Eagles. And I think like this is the team. This is the team. And then the little part of my brain click, clicks in and says, yeah, but the Chiefs like, yeah, but, like Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> but Patrick Mahomes, yeah. like you've got to you've got to, you know, knock them off the top of the hill. And, and you know, uh, the stuff that they've been able to do, uh, you know, with Patrick's ankle being bad that last week. And, you know, then he proves that he can just kill you from the pocket, too. And and so I, I, I very much stuck on that. Like my head is telling me, don't, you know, the the Chiefs, the Chiefs, the Chiefs, the they're the best team. And then I look at everything else and I think, but the Eagles are just playing with such cohesion, like you said, and you watch them every week and they look so connected. And if, you know, I'm talking about from the coaching staff to the players within the players, the front off, the, it just seems like such a connected group that really understands each other and and you see the results on the field they've been so impressive i just i think they're the team i think they're the team for the moment is is kind of the way that i would put it i do have one great story and it's like as a human i just i'm very very happy for this one person there's a cornerback on the eagles james bradbury one of the nicest people you will ever meet in your entire life one of my favorite players i've recovered we came into the league at the same time he was drafted by the carolina panthers out of Sanford. And it was the early story I heard about Steve Wilkes that made me believe Steve Wilkes was going to be a head coach and should be a head coach was that the coach who was supposed to help them work out James Bradbury um, down in Alabama on a visit before the draft um, got sick and couldn't attend. So Steve Wilkes went and that coach was supposed to sort of run through a couple of combinations with James was supposed to sort of act as the receipt as the receiver. Um, they were testing him out to see what he looked like in press man and, and how he could jam, you know, off the line. And Bradbury knowing that Wilkes was about to be his defensive could have, could be his defensive coordinator had a big say in whether or not he got drafted, just said, screw it. And went all out in his workout to the point where Steve Wilkes, Uh, would tell the story he had these like insanely massive bruises all over his chest and torso because of the way that James Bradbury was jamming him off the line of scrimmage and he would tell that story you know years later as sort of laughing like yeah he he beat the shit out of me and I we still drafted him and the day he got drafted he was at his mom's house in a small town in Alabama and uh, he was fixing her toilet because the draft was going and he didn't think he was going to get drafted till way later, um, at least day three. So they didn't have a party, nothing. He was just upstairs fixing the toilet. And now, and then, you know, he went on to have a great career in Carolina. They moved on, they coaching changes, um, went to the giants, the giants obviously, uh, sort of gave up on him and, um, you know, previous staffs, Dave Gettleman. And then, um, you know, now he's playing in the Super Bowl. And I just think it's really cool. I root for people who are good people. I root for great stories. Um, super, super happy for James Bradbury and all that he's accomplished to get to this point. Super happy for everybody who's playing uh, this weekend. There's a lot of great stories on both sides of the ball. There's a lot of great people, a lot of great people in the support staffs, as we saw firsthand last year, how much of an effort it is to get a team into the big dance um, and I think that it's it's going to be such a cool experience for everybody. Um, so really stoked to see how this one plays out. 
Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I love that, that that's where you, it's, it says so much about you, Jordan, that that's where your mind goes is like all these great stories that are, <laughs> that are told. Like that's like you in a nutshell is like, that's, that's exactly where your brain goes. It's like something's happening. I could tell some amazing stories based out of this. So, uh, that's, that's so cool to hear. And I love that that's your first, uh, that's where, that's where your mind goes when you think about these games and these players. So, um, nice, nice segue because, uh, like I said, there's, there's, there's a lot more to come. We, I didn't even get to mention I intended to talk about Jordan your, your story that ran Monday about uh, the, the free agents that the Rams uh, or that they are facing in terms of unrestricted free agency we can get into that a little bit more but uh, that's going to play into a lot of what we uh, you know talk about here there's there's some defensive names on that list too at the top of that list actually uh, that you created that uh, they're going to have to make decisions on and and you know how does that impact how is that impacted by the staff and by changes that might be made or decisions on other side of the ball like there, there's a lot of things that go hand in glove here that uh, that we're going to need to talk about but uh d- get get yourself a little bit of a primer you can go read jordan's story about that right now and study up so that when we talk about this next time uh you'll you'll know exactly what we're talking about i know jordan you've got some awesome stuff coming so excited uh and and uh and i won't say too much beyond that but uh what i will say is that uh, you know thank you again uh to our subscribers really appreciate it uh the off season is, is there's so much going on i remember saying this last year too that this there's there's always something to talk about there's always something to write about we really appreciate you being with us listening uh subscribing everything uh thank you so much and yeah and we love you guys we, yeah, we are just like full of gratitude for sure yeah it's it's, it's pretty it's awesome amazing. yeah love yeah. you guys love you guys uh always like being interactive giving feedback um Definitely keep sending questions whenever you have them. I'll do my best. If I can't answer them, I will do my best to answer them um, and really appreciate it. We are, um, like you said at the beginning of this, Rich, it's crazy to think of sort of the the ride that we collectively have all been on over the last year. And I hope you guys, uh, even though the league moves so fast, I hope you guys all take some time before this, uh, before this next Super Bowl sort of kicks off here to really think about, you know, everything that's happened. It's been so much and and we all have our own lives outside of it. And we all have, uh, well, most of us have our own lives outside of it. And <laughs> like, we all have things that happen and all that, but um, it is such a cool thing to reflect on all of the little moments uh, that lead up to it. Because I think this league moves so fast that we don't take enough time to be present in that. And it's really important, I think, for all of us to do, but we really appreciate it. Great, great point, Jordan. And that's by design. You know, the NFL wants to, the NFL isn't stupid. You can say a lot of words about the NFL. Stupid is not one of them. They, they keep themselves in the forefront 12 months out of the year, basically. So uh, there, there's not a lot of natural rhythm there to take a step back. So, uh, but Jordan, your perspective, always, always uh, appreciated. Uh, again, if you're not a subscriber, please join us. Join the, join the club, join the party. You can go right now to theathletic.com slash 11 personnel. Get all of Jordan's amazing coverage and her favorite thing in the entire world, which is what? A great discount, you guys. Every single time. It's fun because Rich will like mute his mic now and throw his hands up, as I say. <laughs> a great discount. One day we'll we'll turn it into a like a meme or something. But uh, once we get a little bit more internet savvy, but it is uh, just my favorite thing in the world. I can't believe they're still letting us do this and tell you guys about it, where every single time you sign up to The Athletic through the 11 Personnel Podcast, you get my favorite thing in the world, which is a great discount. You guys, we will still be checking in with you. There's still a lot going on. It's going to be a big, it already is a big off season for the Rams, more things, uh, more chaos, more crazy, more fun, uh, more weirdness will be in store. So um, thanks for following along and we'll be with you every step of the way. Make sure you are taking care of each other and yourselves, especially during this time, the season start to change. Make sure you're checking in on yourself regularly and, and, um, and being there for others. Make sure you're staying caffeinated and hydrated. Catch you next time.